Hello and welcome to Sauce Talk we have a great shoe for you Babs is here, Babs is a great guest she and Johnny have the best chat you will love it. They hardly talk about dying at all and most of the times it comes up Johnny seems pretty excited by the idea. Way to go Johnny. In other news, spring? Well, it has sprung and who can believe it? Let's play ball. On with the show. Ladies and gentlemen, we're back yet again. It's time for another fantastic episode of Sauce Talk. And on the other line, why it's none other than treasured friend, treasured guest. We're so lucky to have gotten her locked down. Why it's it's Babs. Babs, how you doing? I'm doing okay, Johnny. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing pretty good now. We're excited. Wait, wait, I have a question. Oh, this is highly irregular, but I'll, I'll allow it. <laughs> It's a, it's a it's a kind of a point of order maybe, um, so at one point over the summer I was texting with Johnny and Jane came up with the name Sweet John Handsome for you. So can I call you Sweet John Handsome <laughs> during this? Podcast? Let me make a note. And yes, the answer is yes. You are allowed okay. to call me that. Cool. Uh, now here's the best news during the podcast. And at any other time, as, as you okay. see fit. You, that's, uh, that's, that's, not, that's your name in my phone. Smart. That's what, that's what's good. Sweet John Handsome. Uh, and he has one question for you tonight. Hey, Babs, eat anything good lately? Oh, man. Have I ever, have I ever eaten anything good lately? Um, so I feel like I'm cheating because we kind of discussed this earlier, but... So all week, Warren and Jane have been in Florida because it's Jane's spring break, and I could not travel with them for various reasons. So um, I've been here at home, and so I had all these grand plans to, like, take myself out to lunch and go to dinner and eat all these things. But I can't Great plans. Because of Warren's celiac and Jane being a picky six-year-old. And, like, none of it, none of it happened. I've just been staying at home and making my own food. But I did go to lunch with my mom yesterday at um, – I guess what would be my favorite restaurant if I could go there more often, but so what's this restaurant? It's called Luminary Luminary. Kitchen and Provisions. Yes. So they they make podcasts and they make uh, like chicken sandwiches too. No, it's a it's just American Harvest with a different name and it's smaller location. I, I have the deepest of affection for American Harvest, so I assume this is fantastic as well. It is because it's the same people. They just moved and had to change their business model because of COVID. Um, but anyway, so I lunched with my mom, which was very nice. And um, the special yesterday was okonomiyaki, which is this Japanese cabbagey pancake thing. It's kind of like a like a latke, but instead of shreds of potato held together with batter, it's like shredded cabbage held together with batter. And then. Um, they had this sort of like soy sauce reduction and um, like a runny egg on top and all kinds of like black sesame seeds and nori. And it was just really, really, really good. Sounds amazing. Very savory, very crunchy in places, soft in others, perfectly cooked. No complaints. What'd your mom get? Um, She got 
think a pasta dish. So she's, they, she's, they, they got like a range of stuff here. Yeah, yeah, they do. I think it was, it wasn't gnocchi, it was, but it was similar. It was like nudie, I think. Some other little that that does dumpling. sound familiar to me as soon as you said it, yeah. Yeah, and it was in a in a red sauce. I don't know what all was in it, but it looked really good. So everybody's crushing it at uh, Luminary over here. It sounds yeah, like. we're love we're loving Luminary. Well done. They really are luminaries of the Springfield culinary scene, especially because after COVID, um, a few nice places closed, and some of it wasn't just because of COVID, but you know people retired or just sure. moved out of town or whatever. So, um, but I'm glad they're still around. I am not able to name names due to my faulty memory in my advanced days. But Gina has told me uh, much of exactly what you're saying in terms of like, oh, my mom just said that such and such place in Springfield is closed. And it's like half COVID, half they were 61 and they're like you know what mm-hmm. fuck it why why are we doing right. this i can't do this it's going to be so until... hard to actually get back to the part where it's good again let's yeah. just bounce and i'm sure yeah. that's it's not a springfield thing it's an everywhere thing oh and uh, yeah it can't possibly be a just here thing but this you know some other places have sprung up and it's not like we can go to a bunch of fine dining at this point in our lives anyway so you know, like we took Jane to Luminary with us. We had to take her with us um, for our anniversary brunch because I think my mom was out of town and my dad was going to church. So there was like nobody to watch her. So we took her with us and she was so mad. She's like, why are you bringing me here? <laughs> what what, what, what is all. the Jane uh, meal at Luminary brunch look like? So they do have uh, children's items, so we got her bacon and some buttery noodles, which she usually enjoyed. But she was oh, this doesn't sound so bad. I, th- I I was expecting much worse. No, no, no. They 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 know. I mean, the 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 chefs, the owners have two kids under the age of six, so they they understand. I don't know if their kids are as weirdly picky as Jane. And I say weirdly just because. You know, a lot of what she'll eat is the standard, you know, picky six-year-old diet. But then she'll also, like, eat a handful of cilantro or just some cabbage or, like, a cabbage leaf or something. So, I don't know. I I think her palate will end up being fine. As an adult, it's just right now it's a little... If you're pounding cilantro at this age, I think the the projection is very positive. Yeah, and she she likes uh, dark chocolate and... My dad gave her like a little taste of ground espresso, and now she's always asking if she can have coffee. I'm like, you absolutely cannot have coffee when you are six. Do you want to grow up and be tall? You want to you want to hit four feet? <laughs> so maybe you shouldn't drink coffee. It sounds like you ate something good lately, and we're very thankful good. that you came on the podcast and told us about it. <laughs> uh, our next segment. I don't know about, I don't know about that. Our next Happy segment to be here on the podcast talking about it though. Our next segment is going to be just as good. You're going to do exactly. You're going to follow the instructions. I want to hear about in the most popular segment. I think this is true. This is now the every week I get so many requests. Johnny, could you do that one segment twice? Everybody loves it because it's so good. Everybody says it. Can you tell me? 
a song you like better than all the songs on the list. And I'm going to give you the list, but I realized when I was making this up today, I think this is the last week I'm going to read the whole list because I have three songs now, and you're going to give me a fourth. And so after this, it's just the the listener, like what I'm going to do is I've I've made this, I'm making a uh, Spotify podcast. podcast a spotify playlist you could put this podcast on spotify yeah pat polk told me how to do that once and it seemed really difficult and it didn't happen you could get him to do it for you yeah but i ask so much of pat already and i am not nice enough to him i can't be asking more favors of him it's so rude you should be nicer to him that's off the table okay so here's what's up we're gonna talk about the song that you like that you think is better than, here are the songs that you're going to like your song better than. In Dreams by Sierra Farrell, Crazy by Patsy Cline, and All Choked Up by, looks like it says Bronson Pinto, no, uh, Bron- uh, Broncho. I read that wrong for a second. I Broncho. Yeah. There's such a like Warren-sounding band, Broncho. Did you listen to that song? I was already familiar with Broncho. You knew this song. There. Because they're a Warren band. They're a Warren band. I'll, I'll be happy to let uh, Gina know that uh, she likes a Warren band. Yeah, it's a, it's a Warren band. Um, so I thought about being a brat and saying, like, other songs that have those titles. Although now my brain has completely blanked only on, but... in dreams by weezer crazy no, by no. Narls barkley just... well, yeah i was like okay so crazy by Narls barkley or in dreams by roy orbison okay um i don't know what i don't know what any other songs called all choked up but there's that horrible buck cherry song i was gonna say you up. could just sing about <laughs> lit and how you're all choked up again <laughs> i love that song. um should you so, be allowed to do a song where you say I love I love cocaine? That's an illegal songs drug. They're all much worse than that. What? Other there are a million times worse. Oh than no! That. Yes. I hope I never hear them. I'll be so I upset. Will, I'll I'll send you a playlist. Don't don't, don't send them to me. I don't want to hear I, them. I, I made will. that pretty clear. No, I'm going to stand outside your house with a big boombox, John Cusack style, and just my play house is actually quite large. Bitch. I don't know if I'll be able to hear it inside. Uh, then, I don't know. I'll find a way. I'll find a way to make you listen to Crazy Bitch, which is way, way, way worse. Are you familiar with the video from Pekin, Illinois, of the woman walking down the aisle at her wedding to Crazy Bitch? No, but that being in Pekin oh, is uh, the least surprising thing. Oh, it, absolutely. Yeah, it, it's Other in Pekin. Other than it being somewhere around here. Yeah, <laughs> so uh, whatever you think you might have done to me by saying you're going to send me that playlist, I just <laughs> reverse doubled back at you by, it, it's, I told you that exists. You're going you're gonna to find the video now. You know you're going to do it. I, I've seen it. I've seen it. I've seen, I, I've also seen a, a video from this content provider called Catatonic Youths who finds the worst musicians on the internet and then makes little cuts of them and puts them on his Instagram. And so he cut up this Buck Cherry concert, the guy just sort of screaming incoherently and yelling about essing his D. And Did he love that horrible cocaine? Things. He loves that cocaine. Who can believe it? He looks like he loves the cocaine. So I really have struggled with this question and this concept. Um, because the competitive part of me wants to pick something that's so killer, like who's going to be able to top it. 
but also people's music tastes are so varied and interesting that obviously, even if it's a song that I really like and like better than those three songs, everybody has their own taste. Everybody likes their own stuff. So they're going to say their own thing. So I'm just going to say a song that I really like. Um, I'm coming out with it. It's, it's a classic. People might think it's overplayed, but, and they're right. It is overplayed, but if you just kind of approach it in isolation and really try to appreciate it, um, I'm going to go with night moves by Bob Seger. Wow. The Springsteen of the Midwest. It's an amazing song. And the older you get, the better it gets too. I am not one who will ever cast aspersions on the previous songs that have been put on this list. But I feel like there is an extent to which like we like Crazy by Patsy Cline. That's a classic, man. It's a classic. Classic. But I think there is an extent to which this is kinda of upping the ante. And that people are gonna to have to like you might not like Crazy by Patsy Cline. You might be dismissive of it in some way. It's hard not to like. I think it's great. But I can imagine a future guest being like, Oh, you know, that's not really my thing, so I can say whatever. Fucking everybody's going to have to be like, no. Have I been accused in the past, in the recent past, of saying step your pussy up too frequently on this podcast? Yes. <laughs> Am I going to say it again? Yes. You got to fucking step your pussy up when you're going to come on here and name a song because we got fucking night moves on this shit now. <laughs> it's time to go. If people don't like night moves, that's I mean, that's cool of them, but... I don't know why you wouldn't. You better you better tell us why the song is good when you come on because every person who comes on here now is like, oh yeah, here's a here's a song better than Night Moves. And I'm not <laughs> saying those songs don't exist, but like show your work, show your fucking well, you see work. See that, and that that's what I struggled with because I had some other songs on the list, and I was like, do I like these better than Night Moves? Maybe, but I don't know. I feel like. I heard Night Moves yesterday. It came on. I was I was moved. I was thinking about autumn closing in. I was thinking about, you know, life happening, moving on. Um, this is after I burst into tears listening to the radio and Silver Springs came on as well. <laughs> so I was already in a row. Now, why do you think that happened? Because uh, I'm five months pregnant. <laughs> I think so, too. That came on, I was like, ah. <laughs> I mean, clearly he could not have been her Silver Springs, and clearly that was never going to work. We, long yeah, term, it would have been established. No, no, it was just wasn't meant to be. But, but you know, yeah, I've been I've been bursting into tears of things a lot lately, like the like the rehearsal. I started crying. <laughs> I did get a lot of texts from you recently about the rehearsal on it. Like, I'll tell you, like, I, I'll be honest. I, I think that show did make me cry as well, but I don't think it made us cry at the same time. Did it? So it was, uh, the end of the first, so I only watched the first two episodes because then when I told Warren, I started watching it. He was really mad and felt betrayed. You, Warren um, needs to watch this too, just as much as you do. It's, it, oh, it's, no, it's he, the best show. He does. Yeah. He does, but he, he, we had meant to watch it together, and then um, I keep, like, falling asleep at 8 o'clock, and we kind of forgot about it. And then, sure. anyway, so he he felt betrayed, so I just stopped watching it. But um, 
So I was starting to cry at the end of the first episode. And then the second episode, I just like burst into these hysterical tears. And then the rest of it, I was just alternating between like hysterically crying and hysterically laughing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's the way to experience the show. You're doing great. It was intense. <laughs> you're gonna, and you get great news. You get, it sounds like you get to watch it all over again. Yeah, yeah. Like I assume you're going to start back at the beginning with Warren. It's going to be the yep, best. We have to. We have to. So anyway, night moves. Night moves. It. It's Love a great it. choice. Thank you so much for submitting that. We're very happy to have it. Yay. Babs, it's time for our next segment. And this Let's segment uh, requires... In some sense, no introduction, and in other senses, an extreme introduction. Babs, it's time to ask you the important question. How many people do you love? And as a reminder to you and to the listener, we are looking for a number, and you can't name any names. If you name a name, you've done it wrong, and we're going to have to invalidate your response. We don't want that. What we want is like you can talk through you getting to your number however you see fit, but we just want a number that's going to be your answer. So, Babs, how many people do you love? So, I think it's got to be more than 20, but less than 40. 20 to 40 is what we're establishing as a range to begin with. And it might not be that many more than 20. I don't know. You look like you were displeased while you evaluate your answer to this question. No, I was trying to. I was trying to think of a Silver Springs joke. I was going to be like, <laughs> as Silver Springs teaches us, there are different kinds of love and different ways to love people. I mean, that's that's not wrong. <laughs> so maybe it's more than four. I mean, the, most of the yeah. game is defining love, a person you love. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know. If it, if it includes, like, yeah, it's probably, probably in around 25, maybe 30, less than 40 for sure. I'm writing down 30 and circling it. Does that and sound okay? There's, there's different kinds and there's gradations, but, um, you know, yeah, nice to love people. Is it? Loving people. Yeah. Usually. Good. I'm glad. I mean, a lot. A lot of them are, you know, family members and friends and husbands. Are any people not that? <laughs> Who I love? Gosh, Who I do you love not. that isn't your husband, a family member, <laughs> or a friend? Or a friend? Um. Well, then that. Yeah, I guess. There are people whose work I really enjoy, but I don't know them as people, so I love their work, that's, but I don't know them. That's so. a fun one. Like, so I don't think can, they count. Do you love Bob Seger? You uh, could. Don't him. dismiss it. You might. <laughs> I love Night Moves. Love you night love moves. his work at the very least. I love, uh, I love Against the Wind, that line, which I didn't know now, but I didn't know then. That's a, that's a really good line. Yeah. Um. Main Street's a pretty good song. Man, sounds like someone's falling in love. But I don't know. I don't know Bob Seger. Who do you really know? Ooh, that's a good question too. I like oh, to think I know. Would my... you like me to adjust your number oh, to three? 
So this is people, right? So I don't I don't get to count my cat. No robots. That's correct. No robots. So uh, C three PO right off the list. Plus he sucks I, shit anyway. I don't like I don't love C three PO. I love B two emo. R2 I love B two emo. No B two emo is the goat. We don't have to debate that. We can just disagree. Um, Someone else disagrees too. <laughs> yeah, R two, R two. This cat's yelling at me. It's like, what about me? What about me? No, I don't think I don't think the cat counts. It's just going to be humans. I'm really glad he can't hear you say that. No, I, I I love the Hobbit myself, but I don't think that's not that, the Hobbit though. That's that the big that one. really? Yeah, that's big. Wow, I'm way off. I'm off Hobbs my game. Almost, Hobbs almost never meows. He kind of makes these strangled little noises like... That's what I thought I was hearing. Yeah, no, that, that was big. I remember those Howling. little vocalizations of just like the mouth is open for like two seconds before any sound comes out. That's what I thought I was hearing. <laughs> no, actually, the other day, Hobbs was meowing for real like a real cat, and I thought something must be horribly <laughs> like, wrong. Like, oh, you have 10 seconds like, to live. Big, this sucks. Right, Big Cat is dead somewhere, and you're trying to tell me. <laughs> and then it, all he wanted was food, It was, but it was just uncanny because... He almost never meows like a normal cat. But yeah, so I'd say probably around probably around thirty. I'm gonna put you down for thirty. I don't I don't count Bob Seeger. Or if my you, cat. If you change your mind and you want it to be thirty one, let me know. But you have to do it by the end of the episode. But I don't want to spend the whole episode making a tally. No no no. I just I just mean if you want to add Bob Seeger. <laughs> Like if you're like if, if like we're talking about like what sauce you are bringing to the table, and you're like, God damn it, I love Bob Seger. Then I want you can tell me, and I'll change it to thirty one. <laughs> no, I think I think I have to actually know them, otherwise it just falls into the category of loving their creative output and not the person themselves. And I don't sometimes I don't know how much people's creative output has to do with them as a as a person. That's quite fair. How do we separate the art from the artist, Johnny? You Can know, it be done? I have a... Hmm, no, we're going to hold that back. I have a great take on separating the art from the artist. Is it a hot take? It's, 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 you know, it's not even hot. It's, just, it's a good take? Yeah, it's just good. But this isn't the time or the place for it. But well, now I it is the place is. for it. It's not the time for it. I'm yeah, not. This gonna... isn't the place for it. What is? I'm gonna do the take on the show, but not with someone who's gonna push back against me as hard as you are. What makes you think I'm gonna push? Maybe I'll agree with you. Okay, here's the take. We think <laughs> of separate the art from the artist completely wrong, and it should be the opposite. When you say separate the art from the artist, it should be, I don't like Beat It anymore because I hate Michael Jackson. It should not be, I still enjoy Beat It even though I know Michael Jackson sucks. That's separating the art from the artist. And that's the educated, big brain version of it. What do you think of that? So I do separate well, the art from the artist, and I don't like those those songs anymore, even though they're good. 
Yeah. And he's oh, boy. Him. See, this is going to be a terrible segment. You are not liking this, and we're not no, going to have no, a fun no. time talking about it. No, I'm thinking about it because it does – I don't know. Maybe that gets into what it means to like something. Be quiet, cat. Because um, I don't know. I mean, I guess for, for me, the, with Michael Jackson, the example wouldn't be beat it. Um, but maybe it would be, I don't know, don't stop till you get enough. That's a classic. And yeah, I guess, I don't know. What, I guess I could maybe still enjoy it, but there's like a big asterisk and it does, it deflates it. It deflates the enjoyment. You need to just separate like, the art from the artist. I don't, I don't know. Sometimes, sometimes I think it makes sense to do that. And sometimes I just can't get there and I just don't like it anymore I don't know that's an interesting way of looking at it see I didn't disagree with you you didn't disagree this could be an ongoing thing I'm sure plenty of people will come on and be excited to argue with me about that but I think that we have just framed this whole question in the wrong way and that separating the art from the artist does not mean that you continue to like it Uh, now it's time to talk about something that we like very much instead. This will be Night a brief moves. segment. But what was that? Night moves. Well, we've already established we love night moves. Uh, if someone comes on the show and says they don't like night moves, that will be the end of the show and very bad for them. But another thing that people should like, and I bet everybody on this episode does like, is... A little drink called Peach Crush. Not so far back in the past, uh, we did a podcast talking about how wonderful many versions of Orange Crush were. And uh, shortly after that, I heard from uh, esteemed listener Babs. They're like, hey, what about this Peach Crush? You have this peach crush? I was like, I don't know fucking shit about peach crush. And I didn't have any peach crush for a long time. But then eventually I was in a little like bodega-ish. Not, yeah, like I don't know how else to describe it. Fake-ass grocery store in my neighborhood. And I was like, God damn, they got peach crush. I'll be buying that. And I bought it. I took it home. And I was like, I'm going to drink this on the show with Babs. And then Gina was like, I'm not, we're not waiting until you get the show done with Babs. It's time to drink it. And so she opened <laughs> it and she had some and she's like, this kicks ass. I was like, oh, I can't be waiting around. What if it goes bad? I got to drink it. And I drink it. It fucking slaps. I love it. Peach crush <laughs> kicks ass. You're exactly right about this. What did you tell me about your relationship with peach crush? So I actually don't have a specific relationship with peach crush, but when I was a kid, um, so, my dad, like my parents, I always feel like I go to these depressing places. Here we fucking go again. I, here we fucking go. Strap in. Uh, yeah. So when my, my parents split up when I was like nine and they were both really broke for a while. And so my dad would try to take gro- He would try to turn like taking us grocery shopping at the kind of crappy grocery store into like an exciting event. So he would let us get whatever, strange local brand sodas we wanted as like a special treat because they were, <laughs> you know, this was the early nineties. It was like 10 cents a can or some sure, shit. Yeah. 
And so one of the, the local, the weird local sodas was this brand called Vess, which is a St. Louis I remember Vess. soda brand that still exists. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, we would just, and we also got a lot of Shasta. I don't know if you've ever had Shasta. I, so. I remember Shasta as well. I liked Shasta even before I moved out to California. Then uh, Shasta is very prevalent out there. Is it really? Yeah. I, I think it's named that. after like a mountain in California. Like Mount Shasta? I think so. Okay. Right. I think I even saw the factory, and it looked as shitty as you might imagine. <laughs> Did you tour the Shasta factory? I was like, let me in! And they were like, no way, asshole. We're doing bad shit in there. You can't come I in. The, I want to see where the magic happens. We're doing so anyway, every... It's just rats. There's no employees. Just rats pressing all the buttons, yeah. filling all the cans. And they do a so good-ass anyway, job, because that is good stuff. So they had... Uh, so Vess had all these, I mean, they had normal flavors, but then they had weird flavors. And one of the weird flavors they had was peach. And that was okay. my favorite. So I'd always get all this peach Vess. Um, and when you did the the fruit, so, the orange soda segment, I was like, man, you got to branch out fruit soda wise. Because there's, there's a whole universe of other fruit sodas out there. Like you got to get some peach soda, man. Um, but I've never had actual peach crush. Most of my peach soda experiences are either Vess or like an alcoholic peach soda in japan sounds great <laughs> which was really really good yeah uh anyone who has been to japan and knows that it's really called a chew high and isn't soda don't correct me uh, don't come for me i don't hear that shit it. it's basically Pat Polk, just, you, you kill yourself it's like it's like white that. claw man but more sugary yeah, good so advice. i guarantee i've drunk more chew highs than you have Absolutely. and it's soda so um so yeah that's 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 my peach soda experience. I, I will also say that um, thanks to your root beer segment, I developed a root beer craving. And so now I've been drinking these incredibly weird but satisfying uh, root beer prebiotics. Hell yeah. <laughs> like, like they ran out of them at their grocery store. And so I like ordered them and no, they, did they sent a bunch of cold ones to my house. Did, I, we have to go back a little bit. Did they run out or did you buy them all? No, it wasn't just me. Hmm. I left some. I did not clear How them. How many left did I left some you there. left them and then you came back the next day and bought them all? Is that correct? I did not. I did Do you enjoy not. being cross-examined on a podcast? <laughs> but it, it's not bothering me because I know I didn't do it. I mm-hmm. have a weird, I have a niche food rival when it comes to those. So you think men. there's one other person in town yes. who's like, yes. I love prebiotic. Is it, was it pre or pro? It's pre. It's pre. Okay. It, it's somehow, as soon as I said though, it, I was concerned, but I thought I, I did think you said no. Pre. It's it's pre. Somehow they've made this soda full of some like invisible. But it's magic pretty good fiber. root beer, huh? I mean, but I don't. I'm not. I don't like root beer that much, so I oh. think it's good root beer. But I liked Virgil's root beer when I was in college, so I think I think people like Virgil's root beer. I think if anything, the root beer saga established I have insane root beer taste that doesn't align with anyone else. And in I fact, wish... it may not even align with root beer that exists. Dude, I think your root beer taste might align with that root li- liquor that I was telling you about that I was yes. made to see they discontinued because, you know, as you get older, your memories kind of get compressed. And I was like, oh, my cousin just brought that to Thanksgiving. And then I'm like, no, he brought that to Thanksgiving in 2009. Damn. <laughs> like, no, that was a minute ago. <laughs> But yeah, that was definitely, it definitely tasted like something that some weird old man at a fall festival, like, brewed up in his shed 
I, I want weird old man root beer. <laughs> Pat Polk found some crazy Australian root beer that tasted like vinegar, and I liked it, but it still didn't hit as hard as I really wanted to hit. I, I want it have... to be so fucking gross. And this was this li- this liqueur was really disgusting. Maybe that liqueur is it. I don't know. Yeah, I feel. I but feel like bad, honestly, I drank this. I drank Pat's root beer, and I was like, "This is good." You know what I like about it? It tastes like vinegar, but <laughs> it still wasn't. It it still didn't go as far as I want. It, and, Wait, question, question. Did the Australian one use like Australian flora, like like native roots, I, roots and things that are native to Australia? I don't know. I honestly, I don't remember. I think it's, it was like, I think it was produced by the Bilderberg group, that terrible (laughs) international cartel that runs the world. It was something, it was something, a B word like that. Perhaps it was something different. Uh, but that, that is my memory. But I, I, I can't really speak on what it was specifically. I just know that it was good. It was the best root beer I tasted of all the root beers during that period. But it's even it did not, it wasn't as funky as I, I wanted it to be. It's because it wasn't from a shed. Like, it's got to be made by, it, like, if it came from an outhouse, that would be good. It's got to be like a, moon, a moonshine man making The it. moonshine guy accidentally made root beer instead mm-hmm. of death poison yep and i want to drink both bad maybe he makes it from what he like skims off. i don't know how you make moonshine I, you probably don't need to skim anything off of anything but maybe maybe it's that fermented with whatever grows down by the river i got skim. i, mean, I want to drink yeah. the skim that's what's for me just the, top <laughs> the part. scum yeah the skim scum what's too bad for humans to consume i'll have that <laughs> thank you <laughs> That's some Freddie Quell shit, man. Hell yeah. Rocket fuel. Let's fucking drink, go. Drink the torpedo. <laughs> Badge, it's time for our next segment. It's one of our mainstream segments. You're going to love it. Okay. What sauce are you bringing to the table this week? Um. So I'm a little uh, nervous about this because I don't know if, if this is actually a sauce. But one of the things I've been making myself this week is enormous batches of cacio e pepe because it's really easy to make <laughs> and it's really good because it's just like, you know, an umami explosion. So, um, so yeah, it, it literally just means cacio e pepe is cheese and pepper. And um, it's the way I make it is just the pasta cooking water and olive oil and pepper and then a bunch of pecorino cheese. But you have to like combine it in the right way. So the gluten in the pasta water thickens everything up and then it binds with somehow the cheese is like a mediator between the oil and the pasta water. And then the pepper is just there for kicks. It's very simple, very good, really easy to make. That's my sauce. I think this one cheesy pepper sauce. This one hundred percent qualifies. There's no concern, and also it sounds like it's a uh, a wonderful gluteny treat that you got to knock out when you're there in in the house by yourself. 
Yeah, for sure. Because I don't, I don't want Warren exposed to all of the gluten steam. And when I'm making it's, it, it's basically nothing but. Yeah, because you like you cook the pasta in a pot like normal, but then to do this the pan sauce part, you have I have a huge like open skillet of steaming pasta and pasta water, and it's just like this gluten suffusion. So I don't want to do that when he's here. And Jane won't eat it, even if I did do it when she's here. So. Cacio pepper is fantastic. It's what you want to eat. Like, I remember, I think the, I didn't know what it was until several years ago in Minneapolis. And I was at like a Detroit style pizza place. And What's they, Detroit style pizza? It's thick, big time crust, but it's like a rectangle and it's super burned on the outside and it's good as hell. And uh, they had lots and lots of options, but not that many veggie options. And one of them was this. And then as soon as I tried it, I was like, oh, my God. Uh, I kind of just want cacciare pepe for anything. That's what's <laughs> – especially, like, as a person who doesn't eat meat, uh, anytime that's on the menu, you know, that's something that the people who are making it are excited about. And it's fun. And it's extremely good. And so now, like, since then – like there were like unfortunately, as far as a uh, place that didn't make it through the pandemic, uh, there was a place within walking distance of my house where I live now that uh, regularly on Fridays and Saturdays had a cachara pepe uh, pasta dish, and I would just pretty much always get that, and it was incredible. Yep, but, it is. Uh, it's just so they, sad. They died. Story. They they died last fall, and it was very sad. I'm sorry. Uh, it's been I'm super rainy too. here too. It's a good rainy day dish, and like I can't, I, I can't. I've been having trouble with like cow's milk lately, so I can't really have a lot of like full on mac and cheese. But it hits that same spot, the mac and cheese spot you want to hit. But you don't have to eat a bunch of like cream or milk to do it. It's just the sheep's cheese. I, sheep's cheese has been basically okay. I am not in any way uh, vegan. But I think I think cow's milk is so gross. <laughs> I hate it. Look, like grosser, look, I I, I like think it tastes like it's alive. Or, like to drink? Yeah, I wouldn't. Or like ever, a cow's cheese. I'll eat a cow's cheese. That's fine. But a cow's milk, I think I can taste that it's alive, and that's unacceptable to me. Yeah, I can't. I can't drink. Like if. If before I sort of developed this intolerance, like if Jane had chocolate milk that she didn't finish, I could finish the chocolate mm-hmm. milk because I could just tell myself, oh, it's melted ice cream. But I can't sit there and drink a glass of milk, man. There's no way. Off Not at this table. point in my life. I love yogurt. I love cheese. I, I, I had some key lime pie yogurt today. Ooh, like there's nice. plenty of stuff that's and, – and again, like I'll just have regular cow cheese. But just the milk itself, I just – I haven't had any in literal years, and I think it's gross. That's funny that because the yogurt literally is alive. Yeah, it, it, but it doesn't taste like <laughs> like the yogurt tastes like key lime pie, and the milk tastes like I don't want to say what it tastes like, yeah, but you know what it tastes like. Yeah, it's 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 weird. Um, How does it not taste like that? I don't. I don't know. I don't. 
I don't know. Like, it's been a bummer not being able to eat cow dairy products, but. But you're going a lot further beyond this because you're just not eating cow cheese, even, right? No, I've yeah. So that's like that's that's a lot more than what I'm discussing. So I I don't mean to like compare my experience to yours. No, no, it's fine. I've been eating a lot of like goat cheese and sheep cheese and And goat yogurt. It's fortunate that those are so good because they really are. Goat yogurt's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody doesn't eat that stuff. It's delicious. But also, like, it is more work to figure out, like, oh, I need this one. And I'm sure, especially when you go to a restaurant or whatever, like, damn, like, the idea of confirming I got this and not that is rough. Oh, no, then you just take a, a lactate and hope for the best. There's, there's That's nothing, so there's frequently the answer. <laughs> <laughs> or just get the thing with, like, feta on it instead yep, of cow yep, milk yep, cheese. Yep. It's time for our next segment. We have only uh, one major segment left. I still don't love Bob Seger. The, I'm oh. glad to hear you the update. You have to change my number. I'm going to make a know. note. I thought you might be curious. I, I made a note next to the 30, and it says still 30. So that's okay. good. I mean, it's approximately 30. I, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and try to count. You don't have to count, but uh, don't give me that approximately bullshit. It's 30, unless you tell me a different number. No, it it's a range. It, what number would you like? I don't want anybody like... to be left out. I'm going to feel really bad. Would you like me to write 31? No. I want you to write an S next to 30. 30s. I'm going to change it to 29. <laughs> oh. So Think think of who you love the least. They just got pushed out. Well, at least they'll never know. I'm gonna tell them. You don't even know which one it is. It was me, and I I know it. <laughs> no, actually, <laughs> that that cannot possibly be true because you're not allowed to name names. So it would be outrageously inappropriate if it were discoverable by me or anyone. Uh, so it that that was that was a joke. I apologize for saying it. We're gonna we're gonna go on. But uh, that that wasn't true. The number is thirty, but it's it's I'm not around thirty. Internet. It's not around thirty. It's thirty. And if you want the vlog. number to be thirty-one or thirty-two, it can be thirty-one or thirty-two. But it's a number. Okay, fine. It's time for our next segment. How do you like being sick? Um, it depends on what kind of sick I am. Are there kinds of sick you like being? There are kinds of sick I would prefer to be over others. Speak on that. Um, I mean, it sucks being sick. You can't do what you can normally do. Your body True. hurts. Yeah. Um, I can't take care of my kid or my house or be in the same room as my husband. So all those things suck. Um, but if I had to have like, well, I don't know, because I was thinking about it. Like if I had to have like a bout of norovirus, that's awful. It's just so awful for like two days, but then you're fine. But if you have like a terrible cold, that can linger for a month if you're really unlucky or it could turn into pneumonia. So I don't know. Yeah, there's, there's like better. Is it better to be really intensely sick for a short amount of time or like one of those grinding forever colds or like when I had COVID, I felt kind of shitty for a couple of weeks like that sucked too that that's the worst is when you're like really intensely sick for a long time like 
if you have a really bad flu or you have just unlucky COVID or something. I don't know. What are your thoughts on being sick? Do you, do you enjoy it? My perspective on being sick has changed in the last, let's say, year. I used to be someone who didn't get sick very frequently. And when I did, I would beat it very quickly. And like notably, like pre-COVID, Gina and I, Gina would come home from work and she'd have some sickness and I would just not get it. And I'd, I'd just be like, too strong actually. Like I know we'd like <laughs> it if we both got sick, but I can't make, I can't help you with that by getting sick. I'm too strong. And it seems like in the period where I didn't get sick for a while, uh, because I didn't leave the house, it really does seem like my immune system has taken that as a great sign to go ahead and just be normal. And now Gina gets sick. I'm sick two days later. I try to talk myself into the idea that I'm not getting sick. I'm totally wrong. Uh, you, you just talked about like a weird norovirus thing and a cold. I've had both of those in the last two months. Uh, Gina had them too. Gina and like and, and again, this is please, dear God, it's just not a criticism of Gina. The reason I Gina alluded to this on the last episode. The reason it works this way is because I don't leave the house very much, and Gina has to go into the office every day, and so she comes home a little sick, and then it's just a guarantee that uh, I'm gonna get it. Yeah. And I know how that goes. It, it's the same with the, with the kid. Like, oh, the kid. I'm sure the kid is is worse than what I'm describing. Home, she brings it home. You're just counting the days, man. Yeah. There's, there's you, what, what possible hope could you have to say, I just won't get this ever? What a ridiculous claim that would be. And Sometimes it does happen, though. Sometimes, like, Jane will get it and then Warren gets it and I don't. Um, but usually I get at least a mild version of whatever it is they've got and so in the household there who do you when when everybody gets sick who suffers the most and who suffers the least warren suffers the most yeah i think i suffer the most too tell me about warren well for warren it's because um he he is immunocompromised his body doesn't make a lot of the immunoglobulins to protect him that it's supposed to and so if he has a respiratory thing, it very easily turns into like bronchitis or pneumonia. It very, it even a cold that will make me feel kind of crappy for, you know, five to seven days can end up with him on prednisone. Damn. Which is its own sort. I mean, it makes you feel better, but it's also its own sort of sickness when you have to come off of it. So he, he definitely bears the brunt of that stuff and jane you know she's a kid she'll be like like the other was it last week she like woke up with a fever and the the way you know she's really sick is if she's able to take a nap she has not really napped regularly since she turned three sure she's six now (laughs) so if she like falls asleep during the day you know something's very wrong um but usually She'll fall asleep during the day and then she'll wake up and be basically fine. She's got that like crazy yeah. kid immune system. Um, 
but she, I don't know. I don't know if I would say she suffers the least, but, um, cause when she, you know, when she's sick, she feels really terrible, but she tends to get over things pretty quickly. And then poor, poor Warren, they tend to, to linger. I'm very glad that Jane gets over stuff so quickly. Um, and I, I said of me in my household, I, I think of myself as suffering a lot, but I think I don't ha- I have what, uh, <laughs> Warren has in terms of the struggle with it. It is much more that I am just a big baby and when I get sick, <laughs> I can't handle it. And I'm so upset and I'm very convinced that no one has ever felt as bad as I feel. It does feel very unjust. Yeah. You're sick, like, what is this happening to me? And and I am very, very good at jumping into like I assume this is the end of my life. Like I won't get better. <laughs> I am gonna be that motherfucker who dies because his cold got too bad. But like it never even seemed like he couldn't breathe. He just just keeled over from like this flu wasn't what he wanted to have that day. And that's not good. You shouldn't do that. It, 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 it's not good for you. And it's embarrassing. And it used to be better because I used to not get sick that much. And so the justification was I rarely get sick, but when I do, it's really bad. And now I just get sick like anybody else, but also it's really bad when I do. Which kind of sounds like maybe I will die soon. You think so? I Hmm. I was going to reply, better, hope so, but then it felt too strong. <laughs> you better get that. You better get that Pequod tattoo, then, man. Ooh, I love the idea. Like left shoulder is like the ship in trouble, and then like right wrist, way far away, is like actually Ahab himself, just out of the game. <laughs> Like, 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 I can, I can really make it a whole procedure. So I, it is probably, I, I probably need to have like four total tattoos and then two of them are unrelated and then two of them are of a piece. Yeah. But I, I think yeah. there's a way to do this. Don't forget Queequeg's coffin. Yeah. Popping up, popping yeah. up out of the, the, the whirlpool. This is before, really before we started recording, Johnny and I were talking about how much we love Moby Dick. We do love Moby Dick. I had to. I had to get some new audiobooks because I kept just like every time I would run out of podcasts, I would just go back to listening to Moby Dick again. <laughs> I would just keep listening to it. It's uh, incredible advice just to do that, but I will also just throw out there what I said to Babs, which is that the first time I read uh, Moby Dick, I liked it very much. But then the second time was after I read the book The Art of Fielding, which has lots and lots of uh Moby Dick allusions and things of that nature. And then by the time I was getting to like the last third of that book, I was like, oh my God, I'm so excited to read Moby Dick again once I'm done with this. And then I did do that. And then it was like, then that really locked it in for me as like Moby Dick is probably the best book. So if if you've, whether you've read Moby Dick or not, perhaps you should read The Art of Fielding and then read Moby Dick again or for the first time. And goddamn. You'll be doing well. Just this this conversation tonight makes me think. Should I read the Art of Fielding and then Moby Dick? I'm, I'm I, telling I, you, I might do pretty well if I do. Get get that audiobook. You gotta get the Frank Muller audiobook. It's it's so entertaining. 
this He's could, a good reader. This could also be, if we could get volunteers, maybe we should get one person to listen to the audiobook of Moby Dick and then one person to read the art of fielding and then read Moby Dick. And then we have, they do a podcast where they fight about who likes the book better. <laughs> I don't have to be on not that a, one. Not about which book is better, but about Exactly. I have the best experience. <laughs> No, I no. am the third revelation. <laughs> I drink the blood of lambs and <laughs> tracks. Babs, it's time for our final segment. Do you have anything you'd like to plug? So other than the Frank Muller version, audiobook version of Moby Dick, and I, I say that, uh, I don't know, back when I was young, I was one of those snobs. I was like, no, there's no audiobook. But now, you know, I don't have time to sit and read a nine million page book. I just putter around my house listening to, you know, discourses on whales being murdered. Um, so one of the podcasts I listen to that when it runs out, I listen to Moby Dick again <laughs> is, is this crazy podcast. And Johnny and I have talked about this too. It's a, a podcast called A History of Rock Music in 500 Songs. And it's the, the podcaster is this like, really intense autistic guy from Manchester. Um, and I say, I mentioned that he's autistic just because that he, he, everything he does is so incredibly detailed and well-researched and exhaustive. Um, and he starts his history of rock music in like 1939. And if you didn't know the difference between like cowboy swing and Western swing and do wop, like he goes through all of that stuff. And he's been doing this since 2018. And I think he is in like the late 60s now. So if you've ever wanted to know a lot about how like the music industry worked in the 1950s and 60s and why the British invasion happened and how like songwriting credits work or also his thoughts about like going on a Beach Boys cruise and how he's (laughs) met Mike Love several times and doesn't like him but feels like he gets a bad rap. Like, this guy is insane. The podcast is so soothing. I feel like maybe for me it's like like ASMR in a way because it's and the and the way he says the Beatles is the way that the Beatles said the Beatles, like the Beatles. <laughs> and then he loves the Beatles and talks about the Beatles a lot and he talks about Elvis a lot. He had a lot of thoughts on the Elvis movie. He like wrote this whole blog about it. <laughs> so that's that's my Oh, and then at the end of every episode, he's like, if you like this podcast, tell just one other person about it. So I'm telling I'm telling all the Sauce Talk listenership about it because it's the best. His name is Andrew Hickey. Podcast is History of Rock Music in 500 Songs. It's super great and boring and exciting, and I love it. That's my plug. Um, you are right when you say that you are exceeding Andrew's even modest goals when you when I'm, you I, I'm doing my best you're, you're doing well and I, I can also say I have listened to a fair amount of this but boy when Babs describes it as exhaustive she is not <laughs> kidding there <laughs> are so many episodes and like I am still in the or like I for whatever reason when I started listening to it I was like I am much more interested in stuff like 1965 and later but also oh, i feel like too, i sure. just want to listen to it in order and i'm not really interested in skipping ahead to that and so i'm just listening to all of these episodes and he's like 
And sure, to be sure, this was the worst guy who ever lived. And you know what he did with his money and power? He fucked children constantly. But listen to how good these songs are. And he just plays this song that I think sounds like shit. <laughs> but it's still so engaging. Yeah, he has a lot of trigger warnings and he'll be like, all right, this oh. episode I'm going to discuss spousal abuse because mm-hmm. this beloved entertainer was a complete piece of shit, but he doesn't call them, he never calls anybody a piece of shit, but um, you definitely know when, in that like understated British way, you know yeah. when he's about to describe someone as a complete monster, but one of the most recent episodes was about um, sitting on the dock of the bay, um, and because of my sort of hormonal state, I was like sobbing at the end when Otis Redding dies in the playground. Mm-hmm. I'm like, he's so young. He has so much left to give. Um, but no, it's really good. I mean, you could start later. You don't have to start in 1939 with you all could, this. Yeah, I don't know why I decided I have to do arcane that. arcane distinctions between Western swing or whatever. Like it does, sometimes it is cool later on when he like circles back to things. But now, you know, he's 30, he's almost 30 years past that point. So, you know, if you just want to, like, go through and start with a song you actually recognize or have ever heard of before, like, there's no now, shame in that. That said, if you skip ahead, you won't hear him use the phrase boogie woogie 300 <laughs> times. No, but you will hear him say the Beatles 300 times. <laughs> it is great when he says boogie woogie, though. Boogie woogie every time. It's so good. A boogie woogie player. <laughs> well... Damn, you did it with the act. That was very on point. That you were you clearly the more committed fan. I've, I've listened. That, that, I, that I, was dead on for page, how he sounds. He's the only Patreon I subscribe to is Andrew. <laughs> he deserves it. I'm glad he gets it. Bonus episodes, baby. What What are the bonus episodes about? Are they just more old songs, or is it something else? It's It's more old songs, but it tends to be things where um, it's like a song that he likes and wants to talk about, but it doesn't necessarily fit that well into that's, the overarching That's pretty narrative. fun. Yeah, I like that. So, like he did one about some like moody blues song. Um, that was a recent one. He did like there was one about the thirteenth floor elevators, which was really cool. And he's waiting for him to do one on the Velvet Underground so that he can talk about what a dick Lou Reed was. Um, I love the Velvet Underground and I love Lou Reed, but he was a complete dick. So I, I can't is wait this, to hear how, Is this Andrew's distinguishable take. from any other band he's ever talked about? No, he said Otis Redding was a nice guy. There's like four guys, like in, in the early episodes at least, he's always like, this guy was not that bad. He left his wife for no reason and didn't support his family. But I don't see anything that suggests that he was raping anyone. Right. And like, that's like the highest praise he can give so. any. Yeah. He wasn't yeah. constantly fucking children is like incredible for anyone from this era. Yeah, it is. It's the bar. The bar is very, very, very low. I He's not Lou a big Reed Jerry is pretty Lewis good fan. as such things go. <laughs> He's not, not uh, a big Lou Jerry Reed's a Lewis bad fan. person, but in this, right. spectrum, but not a pedo. Yeah. Not a pedo. He, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, what's your plug, Johnny? I also want to talk about music. And mine is a similar... So you know how you like rock and roll music, apparently, based on this podcast? I like Boogie Woogie. You like Boogie Woogie. I like <laughs> uh, 100 Gex. You like Techno Wekno? I think that 100 Gex, a hyper-pop band... That's released two albums now. Their first album was several years ago. Their second album just came out. I can't believe 
how much I care about this band. Here's a fact. I think this might be the only current band that I care about. Really? All of their songs make me feel like my head is on fire. Sometimes in a good way and sometimes in a bad way. Uh, I wanted to mention it when I had you on the show because they are kind of like if Mouth Sounds was just an original band of children (laughs) who hate everything. You sold me. I'm I'm completely sold, Johnny. Um, I'm sorry, uh, sweet John Handsome. I'm totally sold on this band. Thank you for, for correcting that. Uh, so, like I said, they've they've got two albums. Their most recent one just came out. Their first there's a, the the band is called One Hundred Gex. Their first album is called One Thousand Gex, and their most recent album is called Ten Thousand Gex. So I wonder <laughs> what's coming next. But uh, entry points, I'm happy to give you. Uh, most recent album, Dumbest Girl Alive, is a great song on that. And then previous to that, Money Machine. Uh, they, the is, sa- it, is it a counterfeit money machine? Might as well be, yeah. <clears throat> um, but the uh, the the sound of the band has changed a lot in between. They were much more like traditional hyper pop excitement. What what is traditional hyper pop? Turn on <laughs> one thousand gex and you'll hear it. <laughs> money machine is uh, yeah. I mean, they talk about piss babies and uh, screaming <laughs> about how their trucks are so big and your truck sucks and you shouldn't be allowed to talk to them because your truck is so small. They're not wrong. And then the new album is, I, it's very much like what if Death Grips were Blink 182? <laughs> and, but then also there's like, there's some ska stuff there, and there's one no. song. Now I don't, I no. don't. Oh, the ska stuff I like. You know what I don't like? The Limp Biscuit song because there's a Limp Biscuit song. It's not like a cover, but it basically sounds like a Limp Biscuit song. It's it's wild, uh, but I. It just it's 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 so energetic, and I love it. I I I'm not confident. That I care about any band other than 100 Gex. What's going to happen to my 100 Gex fandom if I start with the Limp Bizkit song? Which the which which one is the Limp Bizkit song? Uh, well, first off, I won't tell you because I I prefer you not. But uh, if you listen to that first, well, <laughs> do you like Limp Bizkit? Because if Wait. you do, then you'll think it's great. Would I have another question? Do they have any songs that sound like Buck Cherry? Uh. Do they have any songs, or do they only have songs that sound like Buck Cherry? It's one <laughs> or the other, but it depends on what your 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 vision is. My vision is that I want I I love Buck Cherry so much that I want to listen to other bands that sound exactly like Buck Cherry, or that take the Buck Cherry uh, ethos in a new direction for the twenty first century. I don't think I would describe it like that. Even the Limp Biscuit song has stuff going for it. Well, there's but, a couple of good Limp Bizkit songs. That's that, and honestly, that's kind of what I'm hinting at when I say that. Is that I mean, there's, one of them there's is stuff a George around song, there that you still. can like. I don't like the Limp Bizkit song, but you can like it. I can't imagine being like, oh yeah, this Buck Cherry song has <laughs> redeeming qualities. Like, I feel like if you just lean lean on that, you gotta lose. I just need to 
get more into cocaine, Johnny, and then you'll then you'll understand. But I've been having so many people tell me that lately that you need to do more cocaine, yeah, or any cocaine. How d- presumptuous! Wouldn't, <laughs> what would reveal that? Here's the problem with that. I think everyone can tell that uh, I am a extreme candidate for dies the first time he tries cocaine. <laughs> So I, everybody can very fairly assume, like, you know, I don't think, I don't think that motherfucker's done cocaine before because he's alive. If that common cold didn't kill him. Exactly. This guy came on the podcast and said he got norovirus and thought he was going to die. But I bet he does tons of coke and he's just doing great. Who knows? Maybe that, maybe that was the element in that weird old man's root beer that you liked so much. Maybe it was like original formula Coca-Cola. Whatever it was. Maybe that's why nothing compares. Too coke. Maybe you, like like the lead singer of Buck Cherry, love the cocaine. No, I like the people in 100 Gex. They're what cool. are their names? Uh, Laura Less, and I don't remember the other one. It's a man and a ja- woman. Jacob Gex. No, no, here's another fun thing. I haven't done this yet, but they're... 1000 Gex album. They, I don't know, quite know what the deal is. They are from St. Louis, which is really? as legit as it gets. That's how you wow. know they're, they're fucked like up and Nelly. weird. Exactly. But their first album, the album cover is them standing facing a tree that is in the Chicago suburbs. And so I have, for a while, been like, I think I might drive out there and look at the tree. You probably should look at the tree. Which suburb is it in? Um, I want to say it's like like straight western, but I'm not sure. It might be slightly northwestern. I, I um, if you can find it on Google Maps, and I have found it, and it's not that it's like a forty minute drive. I haven't done it, but I've been like, I kind of want to drive out there. And then stand next to the tree and like pose like they do, and then get Gina to do that too, and then get someone else to take a picture of us. You know they're coming to Chicago. Did you know that? Uh, when when is it, are they, aren't they coming to some weird thing? They're no, they're going to be at the Aragon on April twentieth on four twenty, baby. This is a difficult thing because I had tickets to see them last year, and they were going to be at. I can't remember the name of the the venue, but it was a weird place that people like Matt Schmidt was like that place is kind of rough. I don't know, but I already had tickets. But then they like canceled a week in advance with no reason given. Oh! And then I looked, I I found their Reddit, and then it was like, oh yeah, that's what always happens. They don't show up to any of their shows. Um, I know they get your money back. uh, I did get my money back. Yes, I know they played at. Coachella last year, but then even at that, they got cut off early <laughs> because, <laughs> like, they were super early in the day, and apparently they started late, and they just got shut off, and their mics cut, and they were really mad. And I'm like, I don't know that I want to depend on this band performing. I also think I will die at the show for sure, possibly because I do too much cocaine, but possibly for <laughs> other reasons. But on the other hand, as we've discussed already, maybe that would be good. Maybe I would have fun dying. <laughs> I mean, I guess if if you're going to die of 
your cocaine. Die of gex. Over to you. You might as well die of gex. He overgexed. He overgexed. Yeah, you should go see them. Aragon's not that far from where you live. No, the Aragon's very easy for me to get to. Um, I am intimidated. I was less intimidated last year, and I bought the tickets, and then it fell through. Maybe I should just do it, though. My my Okay, I've changed my plug. Forget Andrew. My plug is Johnny needs to go see one million gex. Gotta go get gexed. I get gexed as hell. Except the gex. I love to get gexed on my bad habits. Extremely <laughs> weird True Detective Season 2 reference that no one cares for. <laughs> Yikes. It's true. I, I don't. I block most. Who could? Who could? Who could possibly fucking care? Babs, I don't remember. I've had a wonderful a time it. talking to you on the podcast tonight. Yeah, we only talked about death like five times. And That's I think it was like <laughs> entirely at my hand, the deaths, not the conversation. Uh, but thank you so much for coming on the show. I had a great thanks. time. Thanks for having me. I, I feel good. Do it's you really time. feel good? Did we make you feel good here tonight? Yeah, I, I Hell feel yeah. great. Man. I'm glad I haven't like talked to that many people outside of work this week and my parents. You got to talk uh, to people. I'm glad you did that tonight. Yeah, I am too. It's a, it's a good choice. It's good for me to talk to people and not just cats. Best wishes in the intervening days. <laughs>